thank you so much for joining the Faith Chapel podcast. Wherever you may be joining us from, we hope that you know that you are loved and that this message encourages you throughout your week. There's something so stirring about watching that or something on the inside of us that just gets that just gets stirred and wrapped up and excited. I mean, our heart starts beating faster and we just want to be a part of it. There's something about watching an athlete perform at their very, very best that, that causes all of us to take note, to stop what we're doing and, and to give our attention to that moment. But there's something that the Olympic athletes, every single one of them have that are competing in the Olympic games. Something every single one, whether they're gonna receive a medal or not, there's something every single one of them has, and that is determination. In fact, I believe that every single one of you has that on the inside of you because you're a champion. There's a spirit of greatness that's on the inside of you that God, when he placed his spirit inside of you, the spirit of his son Christ, he gave you his absolute very best. He made you a champion and you have the spirit of determination inside of every one of you. That spirit of determination is a mentality that says, I will never give up. We find it in the world's most important moments. Winston Churchill, imploring his fellow citizens, June 4th, 1940, he said this, I have myself full confidence that if I do their duty, if nothing is neglected, if the very best arrangements are made, as if they are being made now, we shall prove ourselves once again able to defend our island home, to rid out the storm of war and to outlive the menace of tyranny. If necessary for years, even necessary alone. He went on to say that even though large tracts of Europe and many old and famous states have fallen and may fall into the grip of the Gestapo and all the insidious apparatus of Nazi rule, we shall not flag or fail. We shall go on to this end. We will fight in France. We will fight on the seas and on the oceans. We will fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air and we shall defend our island. Whatever the cost may be, we shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight in the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We will never surrender. Now that's determination. And that's the spirit that I believe that God has placed on the inside of you. That mentality, that spirit that says, I will never give up. I'm never going to surrender. Look at Luke chapter 18 and verse one. I hope you're gonna follow along in the app. And, but here's some incredible verses where God's trying to tell us about this. This is a biblical mandate. Listen to what it says. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and what? Not give up. Say it with me. And not give up. He's saying, look, you can't give up. Just keep praying and not give up. Look what it says in Galatians chapter six and verse nine. He said, let us not become weary in doing good for at a proper time, we will reap a harvest. When does the harvest come? When we do not give up. Many of you, you haven't reached your harvest point yet. You haven't saw the blessing of God. You haven't seen the fulfillment of all that God is building and establishing in your life because you're giving up. He said, if you don't give up, the harvest will come. Colossians chapter one, verse one. God will strengthen you with his own great power so that you will not give up when trouble comes, but you, will be, but you must be patient. He said, you've gotta, you've gotta keep pressing on. Look at James chapter five. He says, you too must be patient. Do not give up hope. Do not give up 
hope because the Lord is coming soon. And look what it goes on to say in the next verse. It says in 2 Chronicles 15, 7, but as for you, be strong and do not give up for your work will be rewarded. I think we just need to say that out loud one, one time all together. Do not give up. If you're watching at home, say it with us. Do not give up. We can't give up. What is God trying to tell us? You can't give up. And no matter where you are today, no matter what's happening in your life right now, you can't give up. You've got to keep fighting. You've got to keep pressing on. You've got to keep hope alive. You've got to keep dreaming and pushing through until you hear the voice of God or until another door is open. God is for you. He's not against you. He's a friend that'll never leave you. He's a friend that'll stick closer than a brother. Don't give up. And all throughout the scripture, Old and New Testament, God is saying, listen, don't give up. Keep pressing on. Keep on keeping on. Don't give up the good fight of faith. God is with you. And he's placed that same determination, that same spirit down on the inside of each and every one of us. Listen, there was a, there was a Bible character that had these very attributes. His name was King David. And if we were to go to King David's social media page and look at his bio, I mean, it would be rather lengthy. Look what it'd be in his bio. He would say stuff like, he was a king, he was a shepherd, he was a poet, he was a songwriter, a general. Yeah, he was also a giant killer. He was the one who united two kingdoms and grew them together, and he grew in popularity, influence, and authority. But before we place David on too high of a pedestal, remember he was also a liar, a betrayer, an adulterer, and a murderer. He was a liar, a betrayer, adulterer, and a murderer. Now listen, I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what's going on in your world. I don't know those of you that are watching at home. I don't know what's happening in your life either, but I do know this. You're probably not a liar, betrayer, adulterer, or murderer. And if you are, all of those things, I've got good news for you. Because this is what God said about David. Look in Acts chapter 13, verse 22. God testified. Now don't miss that because God just didn't think it. God didn't just allow the writers of scripture to pen it. God himself spoke forth. He testified about this concerning him, who David, David, the son of Jesse. What did he speak for? What would God say concerning David? That David was a man after my own heart and he will do everything I want him to do. So even though David was a liar, a betrayer, an adulterer, and a murderer, he was a man after God's own heart. What, what that tells you and I today is, is that if we don't give up, if we keep persevering, that if we allow that spirit that God has given us of determination and perseverance, and we'll keep picking ourselves up. You remember the righteous man stumbles seven times, but he gets back up again. And David must have been one of those people that even though he kept falling, he kept getting back up again. And the blessing of God continued to fall upon David's life. That's what I love about scripture because scripture doesn't candy coat it. It doesn't just tell us the good things in people's life. It tells us all the bad stuff too. And just like your life may be filled with bad stuff and my life may be filled sometimes with bad stuff and we fall short and we don't always make the mark. Can I tell you, God is looking not towards what you're doing He's looking to your heart. He's looking to the things that, that you're bringing back to him. And he's saying, are you with me? Or do you have a heart that's mine? And there's some qualities of a champion right from David's life that you possess. You may not know it, but you possess this through the spirit. And David possessed it in his own life right out of 1 Samuel <clears throat> chapter 17. Look in your notes now. 
The qualities of a champion, number one, is a positive self-image. David had a positive self-image. He said, I kill the lion and I kill the bear. Meaning, I can take this uncircumcised Philistine because I've already killed a lion and I've already killed a bear. Because his self-image was birthed out of, out of his former successes. Now stop here and don't miss this, just a moment, because I believe this is what's going on. In your own life, the small victories that God has given you is preparing you for something greater. But we often overlook the small victories, like, well, people around me are experiencing all kinds of great things, and God's doing great things in their life, and boy, they're seeing victory after victory, and I've just got these small little things going on in my life. Well, David had these small little victories when he was a shepherd out attending his father's flock you know, on the other side of, of, of the valley. And, and he wasn't even considered to be king until the prophet said, there's got to be another. And they brought him in and he was the one he was anointed. All. But while he was just a shepherd boy, the lowest of society, he was killing lions and he was killing bears and God was preparing him to take down the Philistine. What's God preparing you for? What are the small victories that are leading you to something greater? Number two, second quality is a positive attitude. I love what it says in verse 32. David says, let no one lose heart. Meaning, I'm not, I haven't lost heart. You shouldn't lose heart. The Bible says we're to have the same attitude as Jesus Christ. And, and I think he had a great attitude. David had a great attitude. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart because of this one big old giant. When everybody else saw something that was too big, David saw something that was too big to miss. And he said, we shouldn't lose heart. We're gonna run to the battle. We're gonna make it happen. Look at the third quality. It was enthusiastic. He was enthusiastic. He possessed enthusiasm. In three separate verses, verse 22, 48, and 51, it says, David ran. I love that. David ran. He was enthusiastic. The Bible says that you and I should always be keeping our zeal. We should never let it wane. That we should have an enthusiasm about it. In fact, the gifts of the spirit, charismata, comes from the same root word as, as enthusiasm. So you and I ought to be enthusiastic. We're full of the spirit. We're enthusiastic because the spirit of God is inside of us. And whenever we go, whenever we do, we're gonna do it with all of our heart as doing it unto the Lord. We're gonna do it with great enthusiasm. Number four, David was motivated. He was motivated. He said, do you see how this man keeps coming out? I mean, he accepted the challenge. The Philistine kept coming out and, and he kept challenging the army of God and he, it motivated him. There was a challenge before him that motivated him. Let me just ask you this question before we go on. Is there anything that's too difficult for our God? Is there anything too big that our God cannot do? Then, then why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you be motivated when you see the mountain that's before you to look at that and say, that is a testimony waiting to happen. That God is about to turn my test into a testimony, my, my weakness into a witness. That God is about to do something far greater than I could ever ask, dream, or imagine. Let it motivate you. When you see how big the mountain is in front of you, remember how big your God is. Remember that nothing is too difficult for God. Keep on, keep it on, keep pressing on, keep moving towards the mark of the high calling. Keep, keep on. Number five, number, number five was he was confident. Second, the fifth quality was confident. He said, I come against you in the name of God. His confidence wasn't in himself. That's not what I'm preaching today. This isn't a self-help kind of experience. This isn't let me boost your energy. Let me pump you up a little bit. This is where our confidence comes from. It comes in the name of our God. 
See, the Bible says that you can do nothing outside of him, but through him, you can do all things. We've got to have an all things kind of mentality that God has set me up for success and not failure. That God says I'm the head and not the tail, that I'll be blessed when I come and when I go. That God said he'd never forsake me. That God is opening doors into my future. He's going ahead of me in time and he's opening doors that no man can shut and shutting doors that no man can open. That that's the God that I serve and I am motivated and I'm dedicated and I am confident in the name of our God that he's doing this for his own namesake. That's the confidence we ought to have. My confidence says that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And six is dedicated. He was dedicated. Look at what happened. He said, the Philistine drew closer and closer. Well, David ran to him and said, that's okay. If he's coming closer to me, he goes, I'm not backing down. I'm dedicated. I'm not running away. I'm dedicated. I'm dedicated myself to seeing this through. Let me ask you, are you dedicated to seeing this through? Are you dedicated to whatever you've put your hand to? The Bible says, put whatever you put your hand to the plow, don't look back. In other words, dedicate yourself fully to whatever you commit to. If you've committed yourself to living as a Christian, then commit to it fully, not halfway, to see the blessing and the fruit of God. Whatever you've committed to in this life, maybe it's your marriage or having children, whatever it is, commit to it with all that's within you. Don't give up. Keep trying new things. Keep pressing on. God is for you. There are four tests that David had to go through. In fact, there are four tests that every champion has to go through. In fact, let me just say it more simple. There are four tests that every one of you and I have to go through and we have to pass. David was, David, it was no exception. You're no exception. And in your notes, the, four, the first test is the test of sin because we all fall short of the glory of God. We're all going to sin. And David sinned. We've already talked about it. And I know that you have. I know you've done things that you're not proud of. I know there's things in your life. And how are you going to respond? Well, how did David respond? Did he pass the test? Well, he did because when he sinned, what happened was he came with repentance. He had a repentant heart, a repentant spirit. He came to God and he's recognized, well, I, I, need to, I, need to, I need to repent and come back to God. In Psalm 51, verse one through four, it says, have mercy on me, God, oh my God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions. And my sin is always before me against you and only you have I sinned and done evil in your sight. Can I tell you, when you make a mistake, you just need to repent. We're all going to make mistakes. In fact, 1 John 1, 9, it was written to Christians. It says, if you confess with your mouth, if you confess and believe, he said, if you confess, you're going to be forgiven. That you confess over and over and over again to Christians. And if you make a mistake, you confess. He said, God will forgive you. Why? Because God wants you to be close to him. God wants to forgive you. And he recognizes that you're not perfect. Well, that's the first test that David, you and I, we all have to go through. Second test is stress. Man, we've gone through just an incredible season of stress. Stress at home, in a workplace, our culture, our society, politically, racially, financially. We've gone through all kinds of stress. How did David deal with stress? Well, he was supposed to be the king, but now he's running for his life. He's living in caves and, and his former employer, King Saul, who won't give up the throne and abdicate is, is getting worse. Now he's trying to kill him. I mean, you talk about stress. There's all kinds of Psalms that are written during this season of David's life. But how did David deal with it? Well, David dealt with it through prayer and trusting God. 
He always turned back to God. He always turned back in the name of my God. I'm going to go back to the name of my God. I'm going to go back to God. That's where it all begins. And if you will, in your time of stress, if you'll begin to pray and trust God. Remember it said that David would obey him in all matters. The Bible says for us that, that not to be anxious about anything, but through prayer, through petition, through intercession, that we're not to let stress, the cares of this world overtake us. And the only way to do, uh, overcome that in our life is through prayer. It's through prayer. Jesus said that he'll remove the yoke over us, but he'll carry it for us. He doesn't want us to be stressed out. So about, how about you? Do, how are you doing so far in this test? The season we're in, or maybe you're in right now, are you letting the stress get to you? Or are you going to God in prayer? Are you able to trust God in those moments? And the third test is service. And in that test, what did David do? Well, we saw it in the Acts verse. He operated in obedience. Can I tell you this? My pastor used to say it this way. There are two things that people will never forgive you for. Success and failure. And when you're a success, people won't forgive you because they haven't been there. And when you fail, they'll keep you down. And so I want you to know, you get to choose. You wanna be successful fair, but they're not gonna forgive you for either one of those things. Your choice is to obey. In fact, when you stand in the valley of decision and you have peer pressure all around you and you've got people all around you and you feel the pressures of the world, you feel the cares of this world and you're in the valley of decision, it's in that moment this test comes in. Are you gonna trust and obey God? Are you gonna do it? And the fourth and final test is this, is success. And that, that only comes through humility. How do you pass this test is to stay humble. It, you know, some of the hardest tests that you maybe have is when, when you're successful. We've probably all seen teams who are prideful and arrogant or athletes who are prideful and arrogant when they reach the peak of their game. But in God's kingdom for you and I, he said he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. In fact, the Bible goes on even further and says, if we're prideful or arrogant, God casts us away from his presence. He always comes close to the brokenhearted. He comes close to those who are humble and meek, just like he was. And so when we're successful, and you will be successful because God has placed his spirit in you and there's, you have, you're destined to be a success if you obey and you'll trust God. And when you get to that moment of success, how will you respond? Will it be through obedience and humility or whether you begin to go a different direction altogether? You see, David really wasn't man's choice, but he was God's choice. In 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse seven, it says this, is that man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. He wasn't man's choice, but he was God's choice. Because as man, we always look on the outward appearance, but he said, the Lord is looking at the heart. See, the heart of the matter is the heart. The heart of the matter then is the heart. And Jeremiah 17, nine says this, says the heart is what? It's deceitful above all things. He said above everything else, what's the most deceptive? The heart is deceptive above all things and it's beyond cure. You know that you cannot cure your own broken heart. You cannot cure your own deceptive. You cannot cure the bitterness or the sinfulness that is in your own heart. Well, how do you do that? One last verse and we pray. But David himself told us, he wrote this down. The sacrifice that you desire, he's talking to God again. It's one of those prayers. 
David's praying and he's calling out to God. He said, the sacrifice that you desire is a broken spirit. That's humility. And you will not reject. Say this with me. You will not reject. Say it one more time. You will not reject. God will not reject. What won't he reject? A broken and a repentant heart. Scripture's clear that God will not, he will not reject a repentant heart. So if you come to God this morning, you say, God, I, I've blown it. I've messed up. I've fallen short. There's things in my heart. There's things in my life. Would you please forgive me? You will not reject. God will not reject a broken and a repentant heart. So what about you this morning? What about you? You know, I would like for you to take a moment just to kind of self-inspect and find out where you are with God. Are there things in your life? Are there attitudes, motives, hidden agendas? Are there ought between you and someone else? Is there, is there bitterness that you're holding on to? Is there sinfulness in your life? Are there habits, sinful habits that need to be broken? Are there things that you've allowed into your life? You know, the eyes are the windows to the soul. And are you polluting your soul by what you're watching and what you're listening to? Can you talk to yourself just a moment with God? And let me talk to the rest of you that are there. Maybe you're watching online or maybe you're here right here in this room and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I've got good news for you today. Look what this says. Guys, can we go back to that? Here's what, look what it says. It says in that verse of Psalms, this is that God will not reject you if you'll repent. That's the good news. The good news is that God's not gonna reject you if you, if you repent. And this morning, what does repentance look like? This means, God, I, I've blown it and I'm admitting that to you and I'm recognizing that you're the only way that can, you're the only person that can cure this deceitfully wicked heart of mine. And so I'm asking you to come into my life. I'm asking you to cleanse me, give me a brand new start, throw my sins as far as the east is from the west and remember them no more. God, will you please come into my life and do that? And the Bible says this, that he will not reject you when you pray a prayer of that prayer. So if you're ready to repent, you're ready to come to God this morning in this room or maybe online, I want you to say this prayer and everyone join out loud, say it all together. Say, dear Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my heart and life. Forgive me of my sin. Thank you for being my Lord and Savior. I choose to follow you. Amen. Thanks again for joining us today. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like to further connect with us here at Faith Chapel, visit us online at faithchapelsd.com or any social media platform at faithchapelsd. See you real soon.